0: If you can't get excited about it, hearing that song from Led Zeppelin, you need to go, doctor, get yourself checked out. But uh, that said, <laughs> welcome back to MMA, BJJ and Life. I'm your host, DJ San Marco. Um, and uh, we have a very special uh, guest today, which I um, foreshadowed yesterday on Twitter. Um oh. I'm going to try to introduce this guy without using up 25% of the show to be able to just tell you all the hats that he wears, but he is at once a journalist, editor, historian, occasional MMA fighter, admitted jiu junkie, lead singer of the experimental rock band Oxbow, Brooklyn OG... Probably knows what kind of outfit uh, Albert Speer typically wore to Hitler's Tuesday <laughs> staff meetings. He might possibly be the Teddy Roosevelt of MMA media, a true Renaissance man. So, of course, by now all of you have figured out I'm talking about Eugene S. Robinson. Eugene, how you doing,
1: sir? You, yeah, hey, not too bad, man. You dropped out for two seconds there, but I, I heard the Teddy Roosevelt bit. That was nice. <laughs> It's, but would it be like walk loudly and carry a big stick though for you or was still walk softly? No, 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 I'm a, I'm a pretty quiet guy, you know, I mean this is You know there, there are levels of danger right like you can hang out with some pretty tough MMA guys And you, you have a, a pretty wide variance of personality there, you know Some guys are jokesters some guys are quiet or retiring some guys are fun-loving but then you know and in, in my role as a journalist you know, I've hung around some guys who are like tough, dangerous guys, and those guys were all to a person really fucking quiet. They weren't like Joe Pesci and uh, and Goodfellas, <laughs> no, <laughs> loud and boisterous and murderous. They were very quiet, which encourages you to be quiet uh, as well. But I mean, I'm I'm naturally like kind of a quiet guy. You won't see me in a party standing on a table with a lampshade on my head. Got it. Um,
0: and. The stick part, the big stick, is maybe like for the zombie apocalypse. You might pick up some sort of a stick or something like that, right?
1: No, I, I was gonna say more. I was gonna say more the penis, but I, I, that's where I thought you were going. <laughs> I thought you were going to penis land. I, I was to... Gonna- I was gonna second that, but uh, I'm sure people no, no, that have, I, been,
0: <laughs> have been at the Oxbow show can talk, speak to the specific size and, and etc. You know.
1: <laughs> well, you know, somebody sent me something today about a Nigerian slap slap uh, contest, and I was like thinking, you know, slapping is pretty funny. And then I, I thought, fundamentally, the last person I slapped, uh, I actually like, he didn't get up. You know, he just laid <laughs> down. But this guy really had it coming. He was tormenting me. Uh, at a show that I was doing with the with side project uh, called um, uh, 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 Sal Salminio, And, uh, you know, it's quiet music, and the guy's interrupting the show, and, uh, you know, I kind of climb down off the stage, and I say, hey, man, you know, I, I love criticism, but, uh, you know, you can get your money back. And the guy's like, well, I- do what I want. I said, hey, hey, is it your desire right now that I strike you? And he goes, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> <And> so... <laughs> Yeah, so so you I boss,
0: rooted his ass.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. He he had he, I, you know, like the line from Apocalypse Now: "Everybody should get what they want." And for his trouble, I I gave him a slap. But I never, you know, I forgot that I've been training all these years. So that a slap for me is not like a slap from you know to somebody else. You know, it traveled all up the leg and kind of result in the guy. So it was like Charlie Brown got hit with the baseball. You know, feet we in the air. The guy shit was all over the place. I actually felt sort of bad, but you know, one monkey doesn't stop no show, as my great grandmother used to say.
0: I dig it. And you know what? When you when you're down here in Irvine and we go train, I'm hoping I won't get slapped if you're inside my
1: guard. But I realize anything's possible. So no, no. Sh- what I realize that what I realize is I like to do more more so than anything else. When I roll, like I'll give some. You know, we'll roll like normal people. And then I'll say, hey, do you want to roll the Serow Academy way? <laughs> and most people most people go, oh, they're going to learn something. So they go, sure, Well, let's do the Surau Academy way. And then typically, you know, right then I'll fall on my side. And then, you know, you'll start to pass. I go, oh, man, you're so good. You're, you're, you're so good. Ow, ow. <laughs> and I'll start, like, make them believe I'm tapping. And it's just... High-level ridicule. I mean, it just... And you kind of... Unless you've experienced it, you just don't know. <laughs> you know? Man, you're so fucking... You, I can't even believe... I, Why do I even do jujitsu when there are guys this good out there doing jujitsu, you know? Um, and you might laugh at first, but... 10 minutes in... <laughs> you're in trouble. Uh, you would hate me,
0: so... Well, yeah, I'm, yeah, right, I'm right, bad right. enough to know that you'd be bullshitting me if you said that, so I, I don't think I would buy it from, from jumps. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, well, you know, I'm really well, looking you know, forward to that. We're, we're, uh, if you come down, like, taking you to, like, Nogi if it's Wednesday or going to a class, and um, I told some of my friends that, about you and Sarau and stuff like that, and uh, one of them yesterday knows his Leopoldo's his first name, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so they they know who he is and so you're going to be like totally welcome and hopefully cool, you'll, you'll cool, be down cool. here so that we can go have some fun.
1: Yeah, and if they and if they and if they if they know Sirio, they know I'm not joking. <laughs> 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 that he will stay he, he will stand over you and tell you how horrible you are while you are rolling <laughs> you know, for yeah. the entire 6 minutes. Oh my god, why? <laughs> I got pretty thick skin. You need to skin, go home so- and think about your life, that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> well, good. Th- good, 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 good. I'll remember so anyway. that if I
0: come to your academy up there or whatever and I and I end up getting ridiculed like 10 minutes in by by your professor. So. Uh, uh
1: he will probably he'll probably wait 5 minutes unless he knows you, but uh believe me, it's
0: coming. All right. <laughs> so so anyway, <laughs> guys, after I know you're probably tired of, of uh, Eugene and I bantering about jiu-jitsu unless you yourself are training. Uh, and in that case, you kind of know like the, the fun that this thing is. But um, uh, I wanted to just frame this. I wanted to get Eugene's opinion of, about Amanda and Valentina because I'm hearing a lot of, uh, frankly, a lot of bullshit uh, the past couple of days from various uh, media, uh, MMA media, and people jumping on the PC train trying to show how supportive they are of her and all this kind of stuff. So let me just frame the discussion. Um, I did a good portion of my podcast prior to 213 on what I view as Dana's flawed business model of basically like I have a garage full of exotic cars like Jay Leno of many different values, and when I get angry at a car like it doesn't run, I take a screwdriver, I scrape it upside the car, gouge the paint, and then I wonder why the cars aren't working as much on the open market so for Dana I wanted to know like what business model is he adhering to where you depreciate depreciable assets and then wonder why they've depreciated so with this week everybody is running to attack Dana and jump behind Amanda on her decision not to compete and they're basically leaving Valentina swinging in the breeze so she she took her her camp from thailand mm-hmm. to texas to colorado mm-hmm. ah no big deal here's 70 g's you know be on your way come back and try again next time so with that yep. eugene what say you sir
1: well i mean it, it is it is a complex thing and the fact that we're still talking about it is kind of a primary indication of how complex it is i mean the reality of it is is nobody's a slave you know you're there's always a right of refusal and uh again like to quote more of the female members of my family my mother always used to say you know you you don't have to do but two things and one of them is die." you know uh, <laughs> continuing to fight you know continuing to fight if you don't want to fight is something that uh or or choosing to not fight what what this is this is not a, a capital crime you know i mean sh- she is the best judge of, of of her. Her, I mean, who knows better about about Amanda than Amanda? I don't. She, if she has a headache, it has no real bearing on how I'm functioning or feeling. So I got to take her word for it, you know. Um, but I, I think what you have when you have you call him Dana, I call him the Bald One. It seems to me clearly that he's got a kind of personality deficit disorder where um, he's like many other people who are celebrities. He very much enjoys having his name. Like, you know, like Trump pushing the guy out of the way to stand in the front for the photograph. There are certain personality types that do this kind of stuff. I think he's one. So I call him the bald one, just so I, you know, we, don't need, we don't, all, don't need to be repeating his name all the time. But I, I think that, you know, you have him unbridled now, you, you know, and it doesn't always make for, there's a strange economy that occurs, like in Silicon Valley, right, where, you know, people start these companies. I'll give you a company. Tesla. It was started by Everybody goes, oh, Elon Musk. No, you're wrong. It wasn't started by Elon Musk. It was started by a guy named Martin Eberhard. And uh, Martin Eberhard was shuffled out of there, and they moved Musk in. Now, it's very rare, you discover, in the end, to have the guy who starts a company be the guy who takes it. We just saw what happened with Uber. They're going to usher, well, you know, that guy was a prick. But whatever, he, he deserved it. But a lot of times, the guy who does something, you know, the initial prime mover is not always a guy the day-to-day guy it can't really be and i think we're seeing that now the fatigues are by no means gone but they're as they're as gone as they're going to be given the, 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 the financial structure to deal with wme so you know dana is like is like their guy and it's like all decisions are deferred and you know people have revolutions because they have bad kings and i think right now we got a bad king man uh, mm-hmm. um uh, or like a friend of mine once said to me i'll never work for a guy who doesn't have a boss again right at this point that. you know the yeah the wme is like okay well you know i'll uh you know we trust that you do the right thing we'll take care of the entertainment and you take it the sports and, and and but and uh maybe things will work out but that's not the way things are working out you know i mean um there's in my mind and i don't think it's fake news and i don't think it's hyperbole but I think that there has been an unprecedented unprecedented level of unhappiness. Amongst the ranks. Yeah. And you just can't, you know, this business this business, and this business model is built on, on the betas. You know, I've talked about a civil war where the alphas are like you know, Ari Emanuel and, and the bald one. The betas... Everybody else, people like hoping at the end of the day that things just work out right, and then there the you know who I like to call the Zetas, the people who like don't give a shit if things work right, and actively are probably working for things not to work right because they're angry. You know, dis- altered aims, you know, disgruntled wow. employee types. Um, so uh, you know, well, I mean, this is, you know, it's it's it, Valentina is not a fault, and yet she's being punished. Well, right? Why, why is she why is she being? Oh my God! Sorry, there's a fucking truck here. Yeah, I hear that. Um, you know, if uh, she's being punished because she's not being taken care of. She's not being taken care of because the king has got other things on his mind. You know, what the king has on his mind is standing in, 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 in you know, on the stage when at the May Mac thing. That's what he's got on his, his mind. You right. know, he's, the money issue. It, it's not money. No, it's not even money for him at this point. Now, it's, you know, he's finally, I mean, he's a former boxer, right? And then became a cardio kickboxer instructor back in Boston. I mean, you know, this is a dream for him to be standing out on stage, actually, sort of semi, kind of quasi promoting a fight. But you gotta take care of the, you gotta take care of the, you know, the folks on the farm, man. Otherwise, you're not gonna have a fucking farm. And he's like, oh, they'll always be. Yeah, well, there's a big difference between what you had and what will always be. So it's great that you opened up with that song. So,
0: what say you about the Chael Sonnen model that would mirror what you had in collegiate wrestling and then international wrestling and jiu-jitsu, where if you weigh in, but you don't show up and fight, you forfeit. So, the belt goes to Valentina, fine. You go home, you nurse your injury, you deal with your sinuses, you get whatever surgery that you're referring to, and then you come back and you challenge Valentina for the belt.
1: I kind of like that, but then last night on, um, if I did it, uh, either Kid Nate or Alexi, I think it was Kid Nate, raised some sort of uh, uh, objection to it. I don't know what grounds, I don't remember what what the grounds were, but they raised some objection to it. That sounded, like at the time, like it made sense to me, like it was one of those, you can't do that because... um, but I mean, the thing you would do that. Look, I, I think what I took away from it is it's not going to solve a problem, right? You 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 could do that, and we still wouldn't have had a fight, right? What are the chances? Well, right? here's so, my question so Amanda, to you: uh,
0: What are the chances she doesn't fight if she knows she that she loses the belt if she doesn't fight? Because I'll tell you from my view of it, and my wife, who's from. Grew up not very far from where Amanda grew up. That that belt means everything to her. Her entire identity well, is wrapped yeah, up in yeah, that some,
1: belt. Yeah, some somebody raised that point too. That uh, uh, somebody texted me said, "Look, you know, as long as she holds the belt, she can call the shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen how you've seen how much the, the, the bald one, how much he cares or is concerned or pays attention to you, once you're not holding that belt. You know, you're not holding the belt, you no know, gives a fuck." Yeah no, so from this point of view, you're right. Maybe it would motivate. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, at the same time, and this is assuming that the people who are telling you things are telling you truthful things, at the same time, I mean, do you wanna see a, a depleted fighter fight? I don't I don't think you do, man. I mean, you know, I don't I don't think that's something
0: that uh, I don't, but the motivation is different. And didn't you talk about the hunted? When she, you know, she was hunting. She was, she, you know, first of all, on, on uh, Brendan Schaub's program the other day, he attributed that Amanda beat Holly, which she's never fought Holly. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. And
0: she defended the belt twice in a year. Um, uh, like, well, yeah, once every six months. First she fought uh, Rhonda. Ronda and then there was going to be this fight right that's it
1: yeah. i don't yeah think- but you know, you you also you, you you know something and i don't know i don't know what you thought of it but i think that when you hear it you go oh, that sounds right i mean do you see this happening do you see this happening if if a joe silver or a bert watson are in place or in other words do you see this happening 2 years ago
0: Probably not, as you talked no. about a Knuckle Up. No. In, uh, your program. Yeah. You know, the fixer. I mean, you start, in. you know, you,
1: you, I, I see this in corporate America all the time. You can start cutting folks, and, and, you know, the car will still drive to a certain degree. I mean, that's part of the, the Trump program, you know. I'm going to defund a lot of this government because I think it's excessive. I don't need these appointments. I don't need these people. They don't need to have jobs. What do they do exactly? So you can cut and cut and cut And how do you know you've cut too much? Well, shit's not working right, you know. And if if it's a car that you're driving or a plane that you're flying, the point at which things are not working right is a plane which you're standing in flaming rubble, you know. And I'm saying the same thing here, you know. Is there a reason, is there a reason people are unhappy? Because i tell you, the bald one, he, he lives in a sausage world. He looks at his plate, he's got sausages on his plate. He only really takes seriously people who have more sausages on their fucking plates. You know, anybody who comes to him with a complaint, he's going, oh, it's all about the sausages on their plates. It's not. You know, Gegard Musasi, money was probably number two or th- three on the list of why he left. You know, tell you what, what was number one on the list? You know what? Like being talked to like he was a fucking slave. That was number one.
0: Well, everybody loves Scott Coker, and they don't like Dana White, so it's a fairly simple mathematical equation. So yeah. um, he Wait. treats people like crap, and they and and Scott Coker treats them like they're somebody that he values.
1: Pretty much, man, and I and I tell you, I've been, I've worked the uh, the cage at uh, you know cage side journalist um, in both organizations, and I could tell you this. Man, we used to love Strike Force. You go and the, they feed the journalists beforehand. I mean, you know, technically, ethically, I'm not supposed to be taking anything over $20. But it didn't feel like it was more than $20. You get, you know, the even application process for the credential wasn't onerous. You get your seat. You, I mean, it was really wonderful, you know. And, uh, and Bellator has been, I think I, I've, I've covered one or two, but at this time I didn't accept the media credential. Again, uh, semi-unethical, but... You know, uh, got a seat, and it was fucking slick, man. It was really nice compared to the the UFC thing, which is not. It's been a long, long time since I had a credential, like maybe eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when I there's a reason why I haven't pursued it since then, because it got so incredibly uncomfortable and unpleasant that it's like, man, fuck you guys. I'm, you know, I did an interview with some B level celebrity once, and she was going diva on me. And at one point, I just turned the tape recorder off. She goes, do we have many more questions left? And I go, nope. And I turned the <laughs> tape recorder off. And, and she goes, well, no, because if we're going to go on, I would just say, 'Nah, no, nah, we're finished. We're good. You know, this is, this, is, this is a fucking cooperative thing. You know, easily B-level celebrity. You need me as much as I need you. And more so. Because I can find another B-level celebrity like that. You're not going to find another publication doing a four-page spread on you. So fucking answer my questions, you know. I love it. Uh, The voice you're listening to right there is that
0: of Eugene S. Robinson. Um, He is a um, he's the host of Knuckle Up. He is also on a show called If I Did It with uh, Alexi Ald and uh, and uh, Kid Nate, as he calls him, uh, Nate Wilcox. And he's also on a show called Care Don't Care, which uh, posted today an episode which previews this weekend's UFC. Also with Kid Nate Wilcox, uh, Care Don't Care, which I love, actually. And I want to do like a Care Don't Care about bands with Kid Nate where I ask him, uh, I'm going to mention a 60s or 70s band and see if he cares or doesn't care about oh, that band. Oh, <laughs> that, that,
1: that, that's genius. That's genius because, yeah, he's, de- he's deep into all
0: that shit. That's really cool. <laughs> he is. So we're hoping to do that. I, I had him on a couple of weeks ago. And he blew my mind. His musical knowledge uh, is so much greater than mine that we just scratched the surface. So, um, so I ah, had cool, to do cool, that. cool, 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 cool. Uh, anyway. Well, he was so... probably
1: he was probably lying half the time, but you know, I guess...
0: <laughs> he made all that shit up,
1: <laughs> and I bought it. <laughs> Everybody knows the bomb. Barbaristics were their favorite band. There's no band, the Barbaristics. You just made that up. Yes, I did. (laughs) So now i got to Google everything he
0: said. Eugene, thank you for that. I'm going to go back, listen to it, and I'm going to Google all those bands. Yeah, fuck that. You can't trust that guy. (laughs) I'm going to try to keep it under control here. (laughs) But um, uh, what I was going to say to you relative to the UFC is that about three years ago, I was listening angrily to uh, Jordan Breen and Greg Greg Savage, two guys that I uh, respect and regard a lot, but it really pissed me off listening to their show, and I had had on a former podcast Breen on a couple times and hear them talk about, oh, the the fighters in the UFC don't deserve more pay. If you're not bringing in X amount of pay-per-views, that's what you get. You get eight and eight, and you shut up, and you let the prime movers, you know, those are the guys you're going to get paid. And I said, no, actually, that's the wrong business model. Because what you end yeah. up with is what we have now. And yeah. I I tried to debate Marine about that and I felt that they should have been increasing pay all along. So yeah. they they didn't do it. Then they sell the company for four point three bill. And then the Fertita brothers are drinking Mai Ties, having way overvalued their company, but and, and Fuck and the
1: so- Mai Ties, man. Try the thirty two million dollar uh, beach houses on and Malibu. Try a guy who's bought mark zuckerberg style four houses in vegas to tear down to build one big house i mean you can't be rolling that fucking deep you know nobody knows what scott coker lives in nobody right. knows what scott coker drives you know um i mean you just you just can't you can't this marie Antoinette shit no it's for the birds man you can't do this you know it's all you'll make more money sharing profits than you will be in you know a soft. Hoarder. It's not just, it, do, it doesn't work. It's unsustainable. You know, I mean, the Republicans typically have said stuff like, hey, you can have the, you want a good education? Great. Pay for it. Why should the government be involved in educating your kids? Uh, okay. Well, you know. Have you seen India? <laughs>
0: um...
1: Exactly, man. If you do this thing, we're going to circle the wagons and I got mine and you need to get yours. You inevitably have revolutions and you can say, okay, well, India hasn't, there hasn't been a revolution in India. This is not a functioning society, really. You know, and anybody who's anybody with the first bit of brains gets the fuck out. Is that what you want? Is that that, that's what we're gonna have now? You know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying to, (laughs) I'm not saying Fred Edis should be making two hundred thousand dollars a year as a professional fighter. But you know, uh, Fred Edis is an old man. You know, he's not producing. No, Gegard Musashi is not an old man. He was producing and he should have been met, you know, so, um, but whatever, it's
0: I agree, not my 100%. business. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a tangible, tangible loss losing a uh, Giggard Mousasi, and it speaks to this new, because under the old regime, I don't think they lose Giggard Musasi. I don't think they lose Lorenz Larkin, okay, nope. he lost to Douglas Lima, but that's a function of not that Douglas, that uh, Lorenz Larkin isn't awesome, it's a function of how great Douglas Lima is
1: yep yep and 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 you know the reality of it is you know this is representational i I mean so it's not so okay he like last night and if i did somebody i think it was nate said oh this is just one guy you know they're you know you're thinking nickels you're thinking dollars yeah yeah but you know this kind of shit you know avalanches start somehow some way you know and it's you start losing guys who are ranked you know you know nine through 15 and then you're losing guys who are ranked five through nine and then you're losing guys who are ranked three through five and then you're losing marquee cats you know you think you think uh, johnny boney joni is digging the way he's been treated you know uh, i don't know don't know i wouldn't want to be treated that way you no matter how badly i'd fucked up you know and johnny let me, Boney them let them joni- let the, let, the, let, the, let the, yeah.
0: I I wanted to point out something that he did uh, way back. If you can rewind way back to when he took the belt from Shogun, he Mm -hmm. punked Rashad Evans, and I had been around the gym at the time. I I was stationed down near Albuquerque and had seen those guys
1: train Mm -hmm. together,
0: and they were buddies, and he punked Rashad Evans, which hurt Evans more than anything that happened Mm -hmm. in the cage and said, yeah, I'll fight you. And then so they tried to put together a fight. And if you remember, John Jones said, oh, my hand is messed up. I'm going to have surgery on my hand.
1: Mm, I do remember that.
0: So my friend uh, Larry Pepe from Prime MMA Radio, he's investigating the whole thing. He's talking to all the players and found out um, he's talking to Greg and Chris Luttrell, et cetera, et cetera, and, and found out that John never did have surgery on a hand, but he was not mentally prepared to deal with Rashad so then he went he got all pumped up he delayed and delayed and when he came back obviously he beat the living hell out of Rashad when he hit him with an elbow at the end of the second round Rashad came out for the third round glassy-eyed and he was done from that point on and I and it's possible that Amanda is doing the same thing here uh where and and you know then he wouldn't fight Chael Sonnen uh, for that to save that UFC 151 card, when yeah. we all knew that Chael Sonnen wasn't even didn't have a prayer
1: of beating John Jones. Yeah, and, 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 and John and John did, and, and, you know, and the thing is, I interviewed John uh, after the fight, and I mentioned uh, he misunderstood me, he misheard me, and I said something about you know the fight with Chell, It was a threat to him, and he was like. Phew he just scoffed, you know, he was like, there's no threat to me. And I go, no, <laughs> you did hurt your foot, right? So not that the guy, but shit happens in the course of a fight. And he was like, oh, yeah, 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 that, that, that much is true. Um, he, he never gave it as a causal connection to why he didn't or whatever. But, yeah, I thought, uh, I thought that that was, uh, I mean, that was the first time in a major way we saw the bald one throw somebody under the bus for mm-hmm. shit that seemed pretty sensible to me.
0: And this here is is basically a similar thing. Maybe she hopes to regain herself somehow. And and she like if you listen to Valentina, she said yesterday on TMZ. I think she thought that I was in a mental place that I had an advantage that that I was you know I don't know like she just could just feel something. And you know
1: what? But you know what, man? Listen, uh, we you and I right now we take our wives, we buy some tickets, and we, we could get tickets to the most fucking, the most expensive tickets ever for like a theater piece to see Hamilton. we go to see Hamilton, right? And we could get get there online and they say, oh my God, the star of Hamilton is sick. Oh, okay, well, you're gonna give us a refund. No, we don't have to have a refund because the understudy is gonna do the role. So if Mm -hmm. you just wanna see the music, the songs, the lights, the pageantry, you know, you get all that, but you you might be missing the star, you know? Well, Mm -hmm. shit okay well cool i got these thousand dollar tickets i want to go anyway so we go and we watch it you know i mean it doesn't take a fucking genius to figure out you know or maybe it does maybe it takes a joe silver to figure out you again one monkey doesn't stop a show you can't have you know it drops out and then all of a sudden it's this big trend even even the headliner even the headliner you got to have a contingency plan you know Uh, and if you don't you know uh what kind of company are you running
0: that's true. I mean, and, and it's not even about that. I just kind of am looking at it from the angle that Valentina got got hosed, and yeah. and she gets nothing. And I feel like, I don't know, like the the, the joke, the running joke in my house for, for my wife was watching the press conference when she beat Misha Tate and how many times she said the word champion. It was like yeah, Uriah right. Faber used to say. If you listen to, to a interview with Sen- Henry Cejudo, we can count how many times he says gold medal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could you, can you can have a drinking game, and you'd be dead before the press conference was over. <laughs> That's right, what I'm so saying. So I'm gonna wife... drink every time he says gold medal. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> man, five minutes in, I'm blitzed. So yeah.
0: Or Amanda says champion. So my wife was really cracking up like i said she's from northeast brazil she's a nordestina just like amanda is and she was making fun of her and she was really put off by that um so i was like kind of surprised you know because i'm (laughs) i'm pretty neutral i also called i had her call a brazilian ufc fighter last night to ask his opinion about it and he was pretty steadfast that uh that he should have um you know he she, she should have, you know, given it a shot with the best that she had and all that. I mean, I'm I'm not here to tell her what to do. I'm just saying that I think Valentina got screwed. And I think if you had to forfeit the belt, things would be a lot more fair than it is now. Because now you just say, hey, sorry, Valentina, peace out. You know what? We'll call you when she wants to fight again.
1: Well, but you see, but you're presuming, you're presuming then, you know, what you're saying is that Valentina is a victim of circumstance, and and that then that somehow amanda is a perpetrator and amanda would make the claim we're both victims of circumstance so the question is do you believe amanda you do you not believe amanda and you know until like again i have no idea don't know you know i mean i'm (laughs) i don't so far no medical professional has stepped forward the bald one is saying one thing you know she's saying something else i don't have enough information to make a, a decision you know would she have fought and been i mean in other words what percentage does she need to be at to fight effectively you know i mean you know johnny Joni who was making a joke but maybe not so much when he told dc i was high when i beat your ass the first time you know <laughs> so he, so he says uh, he's, he's He's saying right now, I was diminished capacity when I fought you before. But the diminished capacity was that maybe a way to pre-excuse a possible loss, or or what? Can you be eighty percent and turn in a decent performance? You know, well, not if the other person turns in a hundred. But who turns in a hundred? Is is winning an indication that you turned in a hundred, or, or you know, or, or can you just see when somebody's doing something that's just magical? You feel like have does, do have any of us ever seen one hundred? Have we ever seen, I mean, I don't, I don't, there's some great fights and there were some great fighters, but I don't even know what a hundred would look like. So that means I'm saying people come into the fight at 90, they come in at 80, you know, I, I think we qualify a fighter based on the, the, the fighter who does the best at the lowest ranking. So if you could come in and you're only fucking 20%, like you got a broken hand, your leg is kind of gimpy and you outclass somebody who's a hundred percent, you're a pretty Fuck, the delta, the delta between those numbers is significant enough to mean you're probably a pretty good fucking fighter. But if you come in at 100% and you can't beat that guy who's at 20%, you suck. So, <laughs> so, so you know, the question is, I mean, I'm not qualified to, ju- to to judge where where Amanda was, you know? Is she a 100% fighter who came in at 75 and was so weirded out, she goes, I can't possibly win this? i t- tell you one thing I did see, though. I did see that Valentina was absolutely not afraid
0: that's true and and you said on you said something on uh, knuckle up the other night you said that whatever percentage you are or you said something about showing up and you said because mm-hmm. you, you seem like you've soft your stance has softened a little bit because you weren't trying to hear it the other day but maybe Nate is that an effect on you so have you shifted a little bit feeling that that maybe you were being a little too harsh on knuckle up
1: uh, about about what? Uh, you dropped out for you, saying
0: that. You said something to the effect on knuckle-up of, of you showing up, that's your best. Something like that. I, I wish yeah. I had the exact quote. Yeah.
1: No, I know what you're talking about. Uh, on the Amanda thing. Yeah, I, you know, I, um, because there are a couple of things. There are a couple of things that happened. And, and one of the things that happened is that, that the bald one went bald one on us, and, and which sort of calcified my position in the, in the other way you know it's like yo bro shut your fucking mouth right like it's like you know it would just have been easy to be quiet to be quiet but i think he was largely incapable of having any news story not be about him <laughs> so you know uh i mean seriously man this is i mean this is safe with trump this is the first time you've seen it that he's not been comfortable having any news story not be about him but now this whole thing with his son, absolutely, he's been quieter than he's ever been. Why? He has no idea what to do. If it was anybody else, they'd be under the bus. It's his kid. What the fuck do you do, you know? How do you handle this? So, uh, uh, I mean, the I, I didn't like the response to the Amanda thing. It got my back up, and, uh, and so I'm like, hey, you know what? If I'm telling you I'm sick, I'm fucking sick, you know? I mean, I, I'm actually sick right now, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in real life, I got I feel under the weather, like I got kind of feverish, you know, but I look okay. I trained jujitsu today. You know, who's to tell me that I'm sick? You know, if I want to take off time for work, I take off time for w- I mean, so it's that kind of thing. Management, <laughs> management doesn't, we haven't really figured out that, I don't know, man. Amer- Americans' relationship to management is very strange. On the one hand, we vibed with Trump, you know, because America's voted for him uh, because he seems to be sticking it in the eye of management also known as the establishment but on the other hand dude is management (laughs) (laughs) you're fired (laughs) so so, exactly so we're i mean who 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 are we picking and why are we picking so if he had just kept his mouth shut i would have been like no yo amanda fuck you know whatever do your job i you know uh but that's from a guy who never takes a sick day right so Mm -hmm.
0: um same here i mean 21 years in the military i was rarely sick but yeah, yeah, he is – I think the bald one fancies himself a Trumpian-like figure. I think he sees this template up there and says, I can be to the mixed martial arts world what he is to politics. And I can create yeah. my own storylines and I can call the fake news stuff and I can just say and do whatever I want. Yeah. So I think he thinks – I don't know, that at least – that was a, an, a perception that I had. And I also poo-pooed because I was able to craft my own very simple narrative that he could have said to explain what happened with Amanda. And I'm sorry that he didn't do yep. that because she yep. belongs to, to his organization.
1: Yeah, I know. So. I mean, it just it, it's it's really disappointing. You know, look, I mean, what, what I find most is – keep in mind – as a native New Yorker, I spent more time with Trump than a lot than a lot of the rest of America. And my feeling is, and 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 I'm going to put, you know, lest people think that this is just hardwired to my system, I'm going to put, I'm going to mention some names, and I'm going to put them all in the same category. And I'm going to mention Trump, and I'm going to mention the bald one, and I'm going to mention Kanye West, and I'm going to mention, I'm going to mention these personality types that are aggressively um aggressively uh uh, who aggressively embrace their ignorance (laughs) you know know? seriously it's like i could i could read a book i could for half a second assume i don't know something and read a book and figure it out that's what the most look if i got a problem with my car and i can't afford to take it someplace to fix it i go online i start to read and get a book look under the engine start to fucking tinker i'm okay assuming. I might not know all there is to know about it, but that's not part of their makeup at all. These guys are dangerous. If they just pay for somebody to fix it, that's fine. But <laughs> If they start to crawl under the hood and deal, I'm not driving that car that Kanye's worked on. Fuck no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> these these are guys, how much, how hard could it be? Well, fuck, man. Okay. <laughs> the brake
0: line's not connected. <laughs> the front
1: left guy. Uh, you don't. Know, only, only a loser needs brakes. I mean, do you think that the bald one is doing a good job? It's simple. It's a binary. It's yes or no, you know. And, uh, yes, I saw that newspaper report about how they're not disappointed, how the deal has come out, the numbers are consistent and high. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about morale, man, you know. Um...
0: Morale's at an all-time low since I've been following the UFC. Yep. Since 99. So uh, it couldn't be a lot worse. Um, Well, I don't uh, disagree with you and you've you've opened my mind a little bit, which is no surprise. Um, Oxbow. um, (laughs) Eugene, what do you get from singing uh, and being up on stage that's different from what you get from wrestling or competing in BJJ or MMA and all these sorts of things?
1: Well, those other other things are voiceless endeavors, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you know, I'm speaking, but I'm speaking in the same way that a dancer might be speaking, you know? And it's really, it's also intimate, you know? You're allowing others to participate, Uh, you know? If I'm I'm doing jujitsu at a competition, other people are participating, they're watching, they're filming, um, but it is really personal. It's just about me and the person that I'm in there with um, I haven't, I haven't had an MMA fight since, uh, what, nine years, I think. So it's been, it's been a while since I've done that, given my advanced age and also my increasing obsession with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, just haven't done it. But, um, singing, it's, uh, it's like making, it's a difference between making a movie and seeing a movie, maybe, you know, I mean, uh, I'm singing songs that I've written lyrics to a record that I've titled, you know, um. Uh, I'm giving voicing to rhythms and melodies that uh, uh, that have fleshed. Like somebody once said, Oxbow doesn't make records; they make movies. And I thought that was a pretty apt de- description. You know, they don't have any visuals except for the very limited ones we provide. But I'm, I'm, that's how I'm thinking about what I do. So it's incredibly satisfying to have made, you know, seven movies, seven records, and and to stage them. And we stage them, you know, from every what we wear on stage to how we play what we play. and I mean, it's, it's it's part of what we. It's like a film set for us, you know. So, um, and, I'm, and I'm gonna it's get it. It's not as, as <laughs> it's, yeah, you should. Yeah, 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 you should, man. It's actually. I mean, I'm not. I told people months. I mean, this was like I see things. <laughs> <laughs> like the McGregor thing. It took ten years to. Seriously, man, it took ten years for the record to come out. Two years ago, I was telling people this record is fucking great. I'm not just saying it because I made it, you know. I, I was excited about the other records we made, and I said, "Oh, this is, this is a pretty good record." But I never used the word "great." When I say it's great, it's fucking great. If it wasn't great, I wouldn't say it. I didn't say that about a Narcotic Story. I said I really like it. That's all I can say. But uh, Thin Black Duke, it's great. So um, available
0: and now, and Amazon, and and now, and
1: then it comes out, and now, and now, yeah, everybody's saying it's great. It's like I told you guys, I see things. <laughs> Bob Marley and Conor McGregor pronounce that word the same way. How about that? <laughs> I see things, man. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, if you close your eyes, you start to hear really weird connections. At one point, the American Southern accent, I start
0: Eugene, are you there? Uh Uh-oh, we've temporarily lost Eugene. So I may have to talk for a second while we try to get him back. I've already kept him double the amount of time. So I'll try to call him back. (laughs) and then see if he just wants to take a couple of more questions. Let me try oh, Here we go. We got a ring, so maybe he's back in. Hey. You, hey, Eugene, we got you back, sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, you that, I, sir. I just want to say I kept you longer than what I asked, so I just... Have a couple more. Well, which is
1: which is cool because it means okay. it means I'm going to come live with you because I'm <laughs> going to get fired and then I'm going to lose my place So I'm going to have to live with you guys. So you know. <laughs> well,
0: I, I won't keep you any longer then if I because uh, I had I had a couple more questions but I can try to just well, have you well, back well, on well, when well, you have more questions.
1: time. Well, quick, tell me what they were. No. Well, it's just
0: about your degree at Stanford. I was I was really curious what your degree
1: was in because it seems like... communications. A... Okay. Right, so which, which 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 Stanford is which is what Stanford called journalism uh, cool. they didn't they didn't want to allow that they were teaching you a trade so they called it communications which has given me heartache over the years because when I say communications people go oh telecommunications no, I said, no, communications. Oh, you mean like a counselor? No, no, I mean journalism. Well, why'd they call it journalism then? It's like, Jesus Christ, I've got to go through this every time for the last, you know, 20 <laughs> years. So um, it was also the easy, one of the easiest majors at Stanford. So there was that too.
0: And so, yeah, because it seems like you, you have such a grasp of history that I thought you were a history or a literary history major or something like that. Nah,
1: if Stanford had given minors, interestingly enough, mine would have been religious philosophy wow but
0: you've read you probably have no count on the amount of books you've read right
1: nah well i got them in my house so <laughs> it, it was a bone of contention in my first marriage uh, the number of books is i like to have them out because if i'm writing stuff i kind of even with the internet i still use them as reference points because like, i remember the pages i don't remember you know if i want to say like david hume said and you know, I could go to my book on Hume, and I can remember the page, I remember what it looked like, and I marked the, you know, made the mark in the book. Bu- uh, but there, there was some problem putting the books out. So you, right. you read that, you read them already. Why don't you just leave them in a box? And it's like, because ah, it's awesome. Really <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You know, I like I like bookshelves. All right, well, I
0: need to, I want to have you on again, because I have more questions about who your musical influences and all that, but I don't want to get you in trouble at work. You've been very generous so with <laughs> you your just time. Don't
1: want, you just don't want me living up in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I, well, you know what? On that point, if you do come to SoCal and you need a place to crash, you can crash cool. with us. We're in Laguna Niguel, cool, 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 cool. so we're very close to Irvine and all that stuff. So.
1: Right, well, well I, I think I'm going to be down there, but just for one day, in August, uh my my wife is an aerial artist and so uh, she does uh, hammock uh, silks lyra you know the hoop trapeze and and pole so she has got a pole competition which is amusing because she's polish so you know <laughs> yeah yeah yes well see, we I'm glad have you the appreciate that ready, right? so. a pole on the pole <laughs> yeah right right, right. we'll so, have uh, the guest so, uh, ready but if we we're going to stay yeah, if we were going to stay longer, we, we, we'd seek you out, but uh, we didn't, so.
0: All right. Um, well, I also want to say one thing. Your UFC 209, uh, post-209 podcast should be in the Smithsonian next to uh, Apollo 11 and the Spirit of St. Louis, and is just an absolute hall oh, of fame shit. Well, thank you, man. Uh, worthy episode. Yeah, thank you.
1: I, I've listened you to know, that I got, episode
0: I got... more than I care to admit.
1: Oh, that's good. I got that comment it was like i'm done i'm done with no i'm done eugene i can't i just can't you know i can't i can't i can't i can't just can't stand it anymore i was like yeah you know what i got it you should just go listen to somebody else i'm not you know i'm the i'm the best dinner guest in the world when my host when my you know my host are bored i leave (laughs) so so guys bored with it Fuck, man you know i can't leave but you can leave and i suggest you do so so you know He's like, man, that was an amazingly civil response. I was like, ah, why would I be anything less? You know, it's like you can join the millions of other people on the planet who do not like Eugene Robinson. You know, Fox <laughs> <But, laughs> the the ones, you, the ones you, <laughs> that, thats
0: right—and right. put it in the Smithsonian. That's how damn good that thing is. I mean, I—you, ah, cool. you heard Thank my you, wife and my friends have heard me talk about that. Don't even listen to MMA podcasts. Me talk about that. Um, and how uh, it's just it's I don't know it's like stairway to heaven alright cool uh, cool man <laughs> so thank you for your time Eugene and uh, pr- and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime and get into the music and, and all that stuff I, I'd love to, to get into that and, and a little more MMA talk as well okay.
1: Any, anytime man the, the Skype thing was easy it really seemed to work so anytime thank you
0: very much Eugene appreciate you all
1: right. later man all right, talk bye. to you soon bye bye
0: That was Eugene S. Robinson, folks. Um, A very interesting conversation. Um, You know, he made me think about a lot of things. And you know what? Dana, um, the bald one, as he calls him, is able to galvanize people against him and whatever point he's espousing and acting like a petulant child, which I would not have done even if I disagreed with what Amanda did, and I symptomatically I'm looking at her and talking to her, and I don't see what's wrong with her, I would not have thrown her under the bus to the international media, to the fans, and, and everybody. I would have said and crafted like what I said to you guys the other day um, Amanda has an unknown illness that is rendering her incapable of fighting at this time. We're gonna have her checked out by doctors. It seems to have something to do with her her lungs, or I mean, actually, you know, there are HIPAA laws involved here, so she only has to say, relative to her medical condition, what she wants to say. She doesn't have to appease us, and um, she doesn't have to appease us and tell us exactly what it is. But if it was her sinuses, you know, it's an unknown condition. We don't want to disclose it, but It rendered her incapable of fighting, and she's not going to be able to compete tonight. And we stand behind her, and we'll reschedule the fight, and that's that. But when you act like a baby, and like a petulant child, like the bald one, you come out and you throw her under the bus, and it has a sort of a uh, multiplying effect that not only did you piss off Amanda... You know, and at the same time, you can show an enormous amount of contrition for Valerie Shevchenko and say, you know what, we're going to pay her her win and her her show money, and you know, there are things like that that could have been done. Um, They said, you know, they claimed they were going to give her 70 grand or something like that, which is whatever it was going to be, you know, three quarters of her salary um, of her show money. And... That's not going to quite probably pay for everything that she spent to take her camp from Thailand to Texas to Colorado. So, um, so with Amanda, it could have been handled a lot better, and you could based her behind the scenes and rip her ass and that of her coaches, and etc. You could have uh, done all that. But in the public eye, every time you throw somebody and you back up the vehicle over top of her, then what happens is is that everybody else says, oh, that's what Dana does when, how he's going to treat me if something goes wrong and I can't fight. However legitimate it is or not, we don't know. We don't know how much percent of it is mental and physical. We don't know. And we don't need to necessarily trust Dana. But um, basically you're sending a message to everybody that, um, that you can't be uh, trusted uh, with these things, that you're going to come out and they're going to, you're gonna take your boss, and he's gonna throw you under the bus to everybody, and that's not a, that's not an awesome thing, uh, not an awesome situation to be in. So anyway, we're gonna uh, end right here. We we're very lucky to get Eugene S. Robinson today. He opened my mind about, about some things, and uh, I will listen to what, to what Kid Nate said about, um, about why the forfeit is not a good thing that uh, that which Sonnen, uh recommended. And um, maybe I've missed something, so we'll see. So uh, thank you very much for joining us. It's Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter. It is Mr. Sleep3 on Instagram. And uh, Oxbow Thin Black Duke. I'm gonna buy it. It's on Amazon. And I'm very interested to hear uh, to hear more of it. It's it's. Uh, I didn't really get to talk about his music and everything else. I'd like to know more about. Uh, more about his music but what an awesome guy man what a just an incredible guy I mean, he has is a Renaissance man um, if you look up Renaissance man and in, in, um, in the dictionary his photo is probably there so anyway we'll take you out to Led Zeppelin with we'll Rambleon this is a remastered version off of mothership it's a uh, BJJ mm excuse me MMA BJJ in life on Twitter DJ San Marco 1 at Gmail. If you want to uh, call, uh, excuse me, email, and say mean things to me about the show, or offer constructive criticism, or tell me that it's not terrible, all right. Um, thank you very much. I appreciate y'all. Um, as always, as I travel through life, I'm always wondering what's up around the bend. But Gollum at the evil one crept up and slipped away with her.